Hey there, I'm Jeff Serlin, Intercom Senior Director of Sales and Support Operations. Welcome back to the Sales Summit, where we invite industry leaders to discuss the trends and challenges shaping the future of sales. In our first two episodes, we covered speed and automation. And today, we're tackling our final topic, growth. That is, where do sales leaders see the biggest opportunities to accelerate revenue? What levers do they have at their disposal and what obstacles stand in their way? Joining us to talk about growth, we have Colin Cadmus, VP of Sales at Aircall, and Patrick Fitzgerald, Sales Director at Glowfox. Our discussion is led by our very own Will Holden, who manages our SDR and high-velocity AE teams and has been on the front lines of Intercom's growth for nearly four years. So, without further ado, let's hear from William, Colin, and Patrick. Okay, guys. So when we think about growth today, and in particular growing a sales team, a lot of us as leaders, we know growth is a bit like a Rubik's Cube, right? Especially in context of a wider organization. As the marketing team grows, the sales team must grow and follow suit, right? As as your, your demand gen team grows, as your operations team grows, as you become more sophisticated in product, all these other teams, they need to kind of, they need to meet the rising tide of that organization. So when we're looking ahead for, for both of your companies, Glowfox and Aircourt, where do you guys see the most pressing opportunities for growth? And in particular, are there any other teams within the organization that you're going to lean on to enable that growth? Great question. Look, I, I think um, from our side, there's probably two things that I'm thinking about in particular. The, the first is on the product side. So yeah, the dynamics of our market are there's, there's one large incumbent that's been around a long time. They, they have a huge market share. They offer loads of rich features, but we can beat them in a lot of areas. And so the, the mm-hmm. things that have driven our success to date are things that we really need to double down on as we maintain our growth in the SMB side, as we push into the mid-market and enterprise side in particular. And so looking to our product team, looking to our eng team to really execute on the things that we keep seeing time and again from that client base is absolutely fundamental to our future success. Talk to me briefly about this dichotomy between SMB and enterprise. Are they both equal to you at Glowfox? Are you beginning to prioritize one over another? How does that play out? It's been very interesting. Over the last, uh, you know, the business is five years old. For the first four years, it was a pure SMB play. And then about a year ago, the team won one of the world's biggest players in our market, which transformed the market's perception of us as a business. And what that has allowed now over the last six months in particular is um, is a pretty transformational opportunity, actually. So we've secured another one of the world's biggest franchises. We're in late stage conversations with a number of others as well. And so if enterprises, if enterprises is kind of opening up in a very meaningful way for us, what, what is most interesting to me about that actually is that the driver of that interest has been our pedigree in the SMB space. Right. So what is the the things that have driven our market, which is the fitness market, and driven changes in boutique fitness in particular are, are trends that are really valuable and important to the biggest players. They're seeing their business being cannibalized by these smaller players and they know that they need to respond and they're looking for a technology partner that can enable them to do that. So, right. so it positions us in a pretty neat way, actually. It's an interesting narrative and one that I think you're quite familiar with, with a finance background, right? <laughs> a lot of that's happening right now with finance and disruption in that industry. Yeah, that's it's right. just interesting that you've come from that into this. And uh, in, in some ways, you're kind of faced with the same situation. Uh, Colin, over to you. When Aircall, an incredibly uh, fast-growing company, a huge success. Talk to me about where you guys are going to go next and what's going to take you to the next level. 
Sure. Yeah. So Aircall's grown predominantly in EMEA and uh, North America to date. And what we see on the horizon for 2020 is expansion into APAC, expansion into the Nordics. We have organically grown a, a pretty decent chunk of business in both of those areas without even really trying to. So this year we're doubling down on it. We're going we're gonna to go all in, have strategic marketing efforts there. And for me on my side, on the sales side, that's more marketing. But on the sales side, it's about new lead acquisition channels, new, mm-hmm. new ways to get in touch with potential prospects. And so building out a very massive outbound SDR team uh, in both of our offices in Paris and New York. And we've scaled to we have about roughly 30 SDRs right now in each office. And probably we'll con- we're going to continue to grow that through next year because the business to date has been predominantly inbound. And so outbound is giving us access to a lot of new prospects that wouldn't find us otherwise. Mm. And then channel sales is the other piece for us. So Channel sales in the telecommunications industry has been around forever. And it's a, it's a massive kind of world in, in and of itself that we are now tapping into. And we found a unique opportunity there because in the channel, it's mostly focused on the enterprise. And we are focused today on SMB with a little bit of mid-market. Mm. And it turns out there's, there's actually a lot of opportunity there. And all of these master agents who have been in this industry for a while, they say, you know, we have SMBs coming to us, they're looking for a phone system. And it's not typically what, you know, the other providers were working with. It's not the type of lead they want sent to them. Mm. And so Aircall kind of fills that that gap. And, and there's a big opportunity there for us. So, so 2020, that's, we'll see a lot of that expansion into new markets and, and a lot of outbound and channel sales efforts. Uh, one thing we touched on in our automation episode on this podcast was that perhaps the most obvious way of driving more sales is to simply just hire more salespeople, right? Thereby improving your overall capacity. Uh, I want to sell you know, 2x more deals. I'll just hire twice as many salespeople. This can be super expensive and it's not scalable. At Intercom, we've grappled and wrestled with loads of ways to increase productivity and squeeze a little bit extra out of each head that we have. Patrick, I want to turn this one over to you. What, what other levers do you feel you have at your disposal to drive growth as opposed to just throwing heads at the issue, which actually is a, a fairly valid approach to the problem to begin with. But perhaps Glowfox, now you're at the point whereby that's no longer rational. How are you uh, continuing to drive growth and how do you, how do you wrestle with that challenge? Yeah, it's um, it's a very critical challenge for us at the moment, actually. So, you know, Series A business, we have teams in Sydney and Dublin and in LA and mixture of inbound and outbound now. And as we focus on two core priorities, right, for for the next six months, really, the, the first is on is on recruitment and finding the right people to come in and hmm. and and keep doing what we have done. But for every single one that we do take in, we have to make sure that their ramp time is shorter than the last person that joined. We need to make sure that everything that is good that has been done in in any time period is something that we are recording, that we are making available and visible to the rest of the team and standardizing then everything that all of the team is doing, right? So many people forget about that metric. Standardization. It, it, it just sort of, you know, filters away. It's like, hey, we're, we're moving really quick. We're growing. Let's just get on board. Let's get this figured out. Exactly. It's such a key metric. How long does it take for this person to approach productivity? And that needs to be socialized across the business, right? Finance needs to be aware of it. The enablement team needs to be aware. All the hiring managers need to be aware. Uh, you can very quickly run amok by, by growing fast, but ultimately not producing for nine months. Absolutely true. You know, salespeople don't generate demand, right? You know, depending on your definition of a salesperson, but, you know, ultimately salespeople don't generate demand. They help close close it out. So, so what, what can they do? They can maximize 
the value of the demand that they that they have right right and so so the kind of things that we're thinking about are um you know we 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 brought on a call recording system which um enables us to see what high performers do that other people perhaps don't it allows us to create that kind of competitive element across the team view the topics that top performers speak about that others don't it allows us to see the type of language that they use that specifically unlocks value for them yes exactly okay. so you know you you set your metrics you set you set the topics that are valuable that you think are valuable to a sale you identify the language that that drives towards a, towards a closed deal and then it also t- assesses other things like whether you let your customer speak or whether you bore them to tears with your own monologue it records you know how often you interrupt or how much time you actually allow someone to finish a sentence before you jump in so an, an amazing tool which helps us standardize helps us work towards the perfect demo the perfect call and you know that's the call but then next step process right post demo process how do we standardize the 10 contact points that drive towards a closed deal in 10 days mm. how do we make sure that everybody is doing that how do we enable them with the right materials for the right prospect to close that deal as quickly as possible and then it, move on to the next and then move on it will be the, running multiple deals at all at once that yeah. workflow to optimize right exactly right so the, you know it, it is a it's a never-ending task and i'm going to jump to you now colin particularly on that point around knowing what to optimize and when to optimize it maybe you could give us an overview of a few of those other levers that you guys are pulling to drive growth outside of growing headcount but then Let's talk about that sales process that Patrick was alluding to and optimizing stages of it. I'd be really keen to get your take on how you plan that and and how you approach optimizing a sales process. Yeah, so for me, the lead operations ties into one of the pieces. We're also putting RevOps in place. So a lot of, I think, optimizing a team and making them more efficient is having dedicated teams who, whose job is actually to do that. And of course, you'll lean on your VP sales, you'll lean on your director of sales, your sales managers. But I think it, it, when it really happens best is when you have people who are dedicated to doing it, whether they're implementing it or whether they're just helping you identify the opportunities. And hand in hand with that, I like to kind of move in cycles. And so I look at 2019 was a growth cycle for us. We did a lot of hiring. Our main efforts were towards hiring. Of course, you're always trying to optimize and perfect the process. But really, you can't do a whole lot of both at the same time until you're a much more mature organization and you have teams dedicated specifically to hiring and training. Whereas today, it's our directors and our managers who do the hiring. And so, you know, they're going to be limited on how much they can do to change the process while they're training 30 new people and constantly recruiting. And so, I look at 2020 is more of an optimized year for us. It's where we are going to do less hiring than we did this year, but we're going to aim to perfect different metrics in our funnel, uh, Mm. different aspects of the sales process. And so I look at it in a couple ways. So because I have directors and managers, the way I split it up is I have the managers focus on the individual reps, right? Focus on identifying a metric with each rep every month that you're going to put a strategy in place to improve. Just pick one. Pick one and go all in on it. And then I have the directors focus on picking a metric every quarter for the entire team. And so you have the director who's kind of spearheading this one big initiative of, hey, we're going to, you know, an example for us earlier this year was, hey, we want to increase our our percentage of deals that prepay us annually versus monthly. And we put a whole strategy in place and it was a 90-day initiative. And then, uh, you know, we executed it. We got it to 4X of, of where it was. And it's because we had laser focus on it. And 
you know, that was led from the top. That was me before we had a director, yeah. but going forward, that'll be a director type initiative. And each quarter, I think every 90 days, you pick a metric and you really focus on it. Pick of rock, course, yeah. if it takes longer than 90 days, you know, keep going. And then you have to obviously sustain that. But I think if, if you can significantly improve four key metrics a year, you will have a significantly different team at the end of every year. And of course, that's hand in hand with the managers also focusing on yeah. the smaller details. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think yearly planning and getting the group together for you know, a definition of what we're going to be working on, absolutely key. Uh, Patrick, I'm going, to, I'm going to move to you now. And we're going to think about looking ahead. So moving forward at Glowfox, what are some of the key challenges to growth that you foresee over the next 12 months? We've, we've dipped in and out of a few different areas today around alignment, around tools and processes. Are there any big rocks that you're going to try and break over the next 12 months? Absolutely. There's two key priorities for us over the next six months or so, which is around acquisition and enablement, talent acquisition and enablement. So you know, we're not at a stage like Aircall, like Intercom, where we have multi-tiered management structure. It, 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 the responsibility for all of those things lie with the narrower pool of people. And so what, you know, what does that mean? Our ambitions are no smaller than either of your businesses. So rather than just you know, bleeding all of our team dry, we have to think about very scalable ways that will enable us to, to achieve the growth that you already have. So, so on the acquisition side, you know, we, we, recruiters are a necessary part of this, but they're not the answer. They provide valuable service in many ways, but any person that is going to want to join our business is going to want to have a much more personal experience than they would get through a recruiter. Okay. And so, so I'm using a big, you know, an account-based marketing approach essentially to my talent recruitment now, which, um, which has transformed the pipeline, to be honest, by a factor of about a hundred in the last week alone. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty exciting. Creative (laughs) creates a further challenge, though, which is around how, how do we then filter off that that group of potential candidates You're in a more scalable way? One person, right? You become a bottleneck at that point. I've become a very very apparent bottleneck now. So so again, we we need to think about okay, if we are now able to recruit the kind of people that we think we want, how do we now filter off their lack of interest or their you know their lack of suitability for lack for the role, yeah. lack of alignment for the role, while also maximizing our chances of converting them. And so, next step for us is really really scaling that talent acquisition while also then ensuring that anybody that does come in and anyone that's already in seat, you know, is, is satisfying their own ambitions as best as we can possibly enable. So again, back to that piece around standardization, uh, around creation of the right resources that maximize potential for success. Absolutely foundational. Before we wrap up, Colin, uh, to you with the same question, big challenging rocks you're going to try and break over the next 12 months. And, and these aren't necessarily opportunities these are things that really pain you today and you want to fix quick. Yeah, for us, it's it's maintaining all of the organization and efficiencies that we've had to date as we continue to grow into these new channels, mm. you know, expanding things like channel sales. And then we have some strategic partnerships that are in the works that, for example, if one of them takes off, we would probably need to hire 20 to 30 people just to handle that the influx of leads that will come from that deal. Oh, and it can happen really, really quickly. Yeah. So it's exciting, but it's also, you know, a bit scary because a lot has to change. And it's not just on the sales side. If we, you know, if we start 10xing our our influx of leads through this one strategic partnership and those leads start converting at even the same rate that we convert regular leads, which they, they should actually convert higher. Yeah. We now need to be able to support those customers, yeah. not only with salespeople, but with onboarding with support. And those customers can be located anywhere in the world. They could need 24 7 that's uh, I would say if there's there's a big you know 
we need to be prepared for. And it's hard to be fully prepared because you can't go hire 30 people and have them just sit and wait. So you have to be ready to move fast when, when that happens. And if you screw it up, you know, you can, you can kill that whole initiative pretty quickly. So that's something that I'm, I'm thinking a lot about, how to be prepared for those things while also not taking focus away from everything else, you know, that we, that we need to be working on. Yeah. On that note, thank you so much. Uh, Colin and Patrick really enjoyed the chat we had today. We're going to leave it there. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. You've been listening to The Sales Summit, our third episode on growth. Tune in next week to hear a full-length episode which highlights all of the topics we've covered in the series. A huge thanks to our guests, Colin Cadmus and Patrick Fitzgerald, and of course, our host, Will Holden. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to grab your free copy of our new book, Intercom on Sales. It's an inside look at how we scaled a billion-dollar business. Download it now at intercom.com forward slash books. That's intercom.com forward slash books.